following podcast of Disney Blues Disney On Demand is an extended edition of Disney Blues live one-hour show every Tuesday on srsounds.com. So tune in every single Tuesday to srsounds.com and tune in to Disney Blues Disney On Demand every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at srsounds.com. Now have some faith, trust, and pixie dust and listen to the extended edition with the full 40-minute Margaret Carey Tinkerbell interview of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. His story began as a typical Hollywood tale. With little more than $40 and a dream, Walt Disney's future awaited. It wasn't long before Walt's innovative imagination began enchanting the world. Through the animated characters and films he inspired, Walt Disney showed us that dreams really do come true. Back in time with another bit. But Blu-ray just isn't a new way to watch movies. It's a way to experience them. By connecting your Blu-ray player to the internet, you can access the Disney BD Live Network. Then Disney Blu-ray in high definition. Hold. Speak. Will blow you away. And when I spent my last red cent, she tossed me overboard. At first you think Cruella is a devil. But after time has worn away the shot. We make them grow voila. That's life. Enjoy. From the magic within our hearts to the adventure beyond the horizon, there is only one Disney. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand with your host, Jonathan Johnson, on Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. Hey there, all of you D-heads. I want to welcome you to the debut installment of Disney On Demand, and it's officially brought to you here on SR Sounds, where they have all Disney music all day long. Now, let's begin by introducing myself to all of you D-heads out there, and as you may have heard, I am your host, Jonathan Johnson, and each week I'm going to bring you the latest in Disney movies from news, rumors, Blu-ray, and DVD releases, guest celebrities stopping in, and most of all, music and memories from the movies you love. Now, as always, you can reach me with requests, comments, and more on Skype at Disney Blue and you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Disney Blue and finally 
you can visit us on the web where we have our featured movie player at DisneyBlue.net. Now my goal in this evolving program is to bring the magic from your living room into your ears, keeping it fun, fresh, and magical. Now it may be a small world that we all live in, but in this world we have one thing in common, and that's our love of Disney. And well before we ever make that trip, to one of the parks, the resorts, or any of the actual landmark locations within the Disney company, we experience Disney in our own homes, in our living rooms, in our bedrooms, on television. And we do that from the time we're born all the way until we grow up and start families of our own. We experience Disney with all the wonderful world of Disney, the movies, and pass down those epics from generation to generation to our children, keeping Disney within the family. So, Without further ado, let's kick off the very first debut show of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And remember, Disney is for everybody all over the world. Sounds.com. 
Once a lonely caterpillar sat and cried To a sympathetic beetle by his side I've got nobody to hug I'm such an ugly bug Then a spider and a dragonfly replied If you're serious and want to win a bride Come along with us to the glorious annual ugly bug ball Come on, let's crawl, gotta crawl, gotta crawl To the ugly bug ball, to the ball, to the ball And a happy time we'll have there One and all at the ugly bug ball While the crickets clicked their tricky melodies All the ants were fancy dancing with the fleas Then up from under the ground The worms came squirming around Oh, they danced until their legs were nearly lame Every little crawling creature you could name Everyone was glad What a time they had They were so happy they came Come on, let's crawl To the ugly bug ball And a happy time we'll have there One and all at the ugly bug ball Our caterpillar saw a pretty queen She was beautiful in yellow, black and green He said, would you care to dance? Their dancing led to romance Then she sat upon his caterpillar knees And he gave his caterpillar queen a squeeze Soon they'll honeymoon Build a big cocoon Thanks to the ugly bug ball Come on, let's crawl, gotta crawl, gotta crawl To the ugly bug ball, to the ball, to the ball And a happy time we'll have there One and all at the ugly bug ball Hey, Caramel! <laughs> there for Cordy, sport. Cordy hates Caramel. They stick in a retainer. Huh? But I like Caramel. So does Tony. Don't you sport? Oh, love them. <laughs> Okay, fellas, that's enough. Sometimes you think you'll be fine by yourself Cause a dream is a wish that you make all alone It's easy to feel like you don't need help But it's harder to walk on your own
On Demand with Jonathan Johnson. Ooh. Dibs. On Sorcerer Radio. Okay, I'm convinced. SRSounds.com. All right, and that was everybody all over the world from Disney's Around the World in 80 Days, the Ugly Bug Ball from the Burl Ives and Haley Mills classic, Summer Magic, and a Gift from a Friend, from Tinkerbell and the Lost Treasure, which is currently out on Blu-ray. And in keeping with Tink, keeping with Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust, Let's talk about the latest Blu-ray Tinkerbell release. We have some good news on the Blu-ray front because the announcement of the latest installment of the Tinkerbell franchise has now been released. And Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue is going to be out on Blu-ray September 2010. Now this series has grown into one of Disney's next greatest franchises just behind the Disney princesses. Now the fairies continue to grow in popularity. We've had a chance to speak with the one and only Tinkerbell herself, Margaret Carey, the original model of Tinkerbell and ask her about her thoughts about the all-new Tink series and the future of Tinkerbell as well. And the fairies continue to grow with all the different meets and greets. And my daughter herself is a huge fan of Tinkerbell, as I'm sure many of your daughters are out there right now. And, uh, you know, let's ask Margaret Carey herself. I had the pleasure of speaking with her in depth about the future of Tinkerbell, the Tinkerbell franchise, and actually having Tinkerbell speak. Disney on demand. All right, so it has been the debut show of the Disney Blue podcast this week, and you know it is the first show, and we've had a lot of things. We've been talking about a lot of different stuff, and what better way than to, uh, I guess, christen the very first episode than to have the alter ego of the world's most famous pixie, none other than Margaret Carey, stopping in. Tinkerbell herself. Welcome to the Disney Blue podcast. 
Well, I thank you so much, and I'm so excited about what you're doing. Uh, you know, it's our pleasure to, you know, have somebody like you step into our show. You know, we felt that, you know, the magic, the memories, the films, um, those are the things that we pass down generation to generation. And one of those icons is none other than Tinkerbell. So we're honored to have you be part of the show. Well, aren't you nice? And isn't she a delight? Yes, she is. And definitely one of my daughter's favorite characters. Well, I should hope so. <laughs> I mean, it's only right. No, but she is. Uh, I tell the story when I, I went over to London to on a press junket that they had when they re-released the remastered uh, DVD of Peter Pan. And they had about 60 press people come from all over the world, and I got to talk to about 40 of them. And I would ask a few of them, what is the one word that you could use about Tinkerbell? that really says it all. Now, these are our wordsmiths, Jonathan, so I figured they'd come up with something new. Two of them tried. The rest of them couldn't. So I told them the word that I came up with for Tinkerbell. And you know what? Very nicely, they agreed with me. And that word is, I think, she's beguiling. That definitely is fitting. Definitely. Isn't that neat? Because when she's very bad, she's still beguiling. (laughs) When she behaves herself, which she does in the new movies that they have out, she's still beguiling. And it's it's sort of, you you keep waiting for her to do something that you go, aw, isn't that dear? Yeah, it doesn't make a difference, you know, what kind of setting, what kind of persona, what kind of, I guess, uh, a moment she's in in anything, no matter what, you always have that moment of sigh, and you're kind of like, oh, that's Tinkerbell. Yeah, she's <laughs> magical, and away she goes. And I, I just adore her. She's my best friend, you know. Oh, definitely. I could imagine. And, you know, a lot of our listeners now, you know, on this debut show, um, one of the things and one of the stories, of course, is, I guess, how did you get picked to be that alter ego to, um, you know, sit in and have none other than Mark Davis, one of the nine old men, you know, portray and capture Tinkerbell through you? Well, it was really remarkable, but let me just start for some people that might be on board, and I'll say it very briefly, to be a reference model, and they can go on my uh, website, TinkerbellTalks.com, and see me as uh, a reference model, and uh, they're still doing it today for really good animation. They get someone who is, I was a dancer, an actress, and a mime. I guess I still am, aren't I? Yeah, I still am. And um, then they would tell you what they wanted the character to do. And the nicest thing that when I actually, the first time that I stepped out in front of the crew, the camera crew, I said to Mark, now what do you want her to be? Do you want her to be, um, you know, very, uh, really crazy and middle and young? Do you want her to be sort of just blasé? And, and he said, Margaret, we want her to be you. So I thought, well, I can do that. (laughs) And and so from then on, all I had to do was think about the way that I would have fun and accept information that was coming in and the storyline. And how I got the job to do all of that fun stuff was I was working at 20th Century Fox, and I got a call from my agent that said that they were interviewing for a one a three and a half inch sprite who didn't talk, and would I be interested in seeing whether I'd want to be a, a reference model, and could I get away from Fox for a day, which I did. So I'm thinking, 
because, Jonathan, I've been in show business since I was four years old. So, you know, I sort of knew that you just didn't walk in and say, hi there, and then sit there. Uh, they, they would want to know what you could do. And I had, at home, I had a 45 record. you remember? No, you don't remember. I actually, I actually do. I, I remember 45 records, yes. Okay. Well, there were the little <laughs> records with the big holes in the middle. And I had one that was an instrumental. And that night before I went to sleep, as tired as I was, I worked out a routine in pantomime of fixing breakfast. You know, there wasn't the refrigerator. I would pretend where it was and, and all that sort of thing. And, and juggling eggs and dropping one and et cetera, et cetera. So the next morning when I was going over to Disney, which was very exciting, the idea of going over to Disney Studios, that was special, uh, I took my little 45 player and I took the record and I walked in after uh, I got help because I got lost the minute I got on the lot. Um, that I walked in, and, and he said, what's that? And Mark Davis said, what's that? And I told him, and he said, oh. And then he searched around for a plug, and we found a plug together. We plugged it in, and he said, can you do it in my little office here? Oh, his office was so small. Uh, that really startled me. So I said, sure. And so I did the, um, you know, it was sort of... Um, encumbered because of the size of the office, but I did a fairly good job, and he he said, uh, wait a minute, before you do that, I'm going to call somebody and see whether they can watch it. So down comes Jerry Geronimi, one of the directors of Peter Pan. There were three. So anyway, the, I, I did this, and they were pleased. I could see it, and then they said, well, what we wanted to do is the famous scene where she lands on the mirror and she sees herself and she preens herself and then gets upset about the size of her uh, hips. Do you remember that scene, Jonathan? Oh, definitely. Uh, one of my favorites, <laughs> just because uh, it captures the personality of Tinkerbell right away early on. Yes, and so I said, certainly. So I did that, and one of the things I think that they really liked was that I played her as if she were about 11 year old and she had never seen a mirror before why should she who said there was a mirror over in neverland and i played it like as if she were saying oh is that what i look like that's not bad <laughs> oh what wait a minute you know and then stop at the hips <laughs> and they seemed to like that very much that whole idea and I was asked, well, it was a phone call a couple of days later, would it be convenient for you to come to work next Tuesday? And that's how I got the job. Wow. So, I mean, it definitely sounds like a lengthy process, but at the same time, it's it's almost, you know, uh, I guess I'd say the uh, the pixie dust was in place and the magic was there and it was meant to happen. Well, uh, here's here's the way that I sort of look at it. I mean, the magic of Mark Davis's, um, two-dimensional drawing. Incredible. This man could take a piece of paper when I asked him, well, what kind of a pout does she have? And within 20 seconds, he would have drawn her face and the pout. I mean, he was a genius, a gentle, wonderful genius. And I was so amazed. And when it comes, but, to, when it comes to the but, pouting, though, um, how was that to actually do the pouting and the anger and the... Uh, oh, that's you know, the me. I mean, I can remember when I was angry. <laughs> 
but the, but the main thing that I wanted to point out was that what he had was a two-dimensional drawing. What he needed was three dimensions. And I gave him the third dimension. And it was little old me. I mean, if, when I say that, I still sort of give a little glow. <laughs> it's such a wonderful thing to be able to say, because he, you know many, many people at the studio thought that it was not going to work. They thought that she was too curvy. And if you remember, too, no, once again, you're too young, fella, but I will tell you, uh, Tinkerbell was not the star of the movie. And, and we forget that because she's become so big. But it was Wendy who was the star of the movie, along with Peter. The reason being, at that time, the role model for women was to be Wendy. And we had just gotten over World War II, where the government had started the propaganda machine going, that all women should stay at home and take care of their children and have a whole bunch of kids, and the reason being we had to repopulate the United States of America after the war. So we had those wonderful um, things that we see now at Nick at Night and, and TV Land where we had the Donna Reed Show and Father Knows Best and my show that I did, the Charlie Ruggles Show on uh, ABC. And um, they were all the women that, that appeared on the screen with their with their. Um, Aprons all ironed and ruffles and everything, and they were so quiet and they looked after everybody. That's who Wendy was. You remember? Do you remember why Peter wanted her to come to Neverland? Wendy to come to Neverland? Oh, definitely. He needed that mother. He needed that somebody to take care of them and nurture them. Exactly. So she was the star. Well, there were many people who thought that Tinkerbell was much too curvy, much too flippant. She didn't fit in anything that was going on then. Not one thing for some people. And he stuck with it. No, that's who it was going to be. At first, you know, when he did the first sketches of her, she had a long flowing gown, and it flitted behind her. She, and she uh, floated. She didn't really fly. She sort of, the idea was she was going to float through the air. And he didn't want that because that's not the way James M. Barry uh, described her. He described her as this little thing with a, a low-cut gown and a little bit overweight and very saucy. <laughs> and so that's what... Uh, but then when they put to those two-dimensional drawings that he did, they put the third dimension, what was little old me, I just... I'm still in awe. You know, and, and that really comes down to, you know, like you said, she wasn't the star, but now everybody knows Tinkerbell. I mean, really, I mean, it's one of those things where Walt Disney brought her back to life, brought her out to the public, and you were telling me about this the other day when we were speaking that, uh, you know, there was talks that, you know, she was put away, that was it, and now yes, here she is. He, uh, Walt Disney, I'm told, uh, by many, many people that I know and worked with him, that he didn't like sequels. And one of the reasons that he didn't like sequels, it took about four years to make a movie, maybe even longer, because he bought the rights, the license to Peter Pan in 1938, I think. I could be wrong on the date. It's right around in there. And it didn't get to the screen until 1953. 
Of course, the war came in between and so on. But he was such a creative person that he could work out the story. He could work out how this was going to work and all the people working with him. And once that was worked out, then it was, okay, you all make this happen. I'll check on you, but I have 14 other things in mind that I want to do. And if he were stuck with that, uh, doing that same thing over and over again, he was, he would get bored. Um, and so his idea was to, um, go ahead and the same way with uh, Pinocchio. You never heard that he was going to do a sequel to Pinocchio. Uh, so Jiminy Cricket was sitting on the shelf also. And I think that so many, many people know this story, but I was told that when he decided in the midst of making all of these other movies like Alice and everything else, he, his brilliant mind, went to this idea of a theme park, and it started to build. And people at the studio uh, didn't really know what was going on because he was doing it with the W.E.D., that's Walter E. Disney Productions, and they weren't telling everybody at the studio how it was going, what was happening, so they were all betting that um, Uncle Malt would lose his shirt. So they went to Roy, or someone, but I was told it was Roy, said, tell him, please, if he can help it, not to use the licensed characters uh, like Minnie and Mickey and Carabelle Cow, Clarabelle Cow, and Horace Horsecollar and Pluto and so on, because we make money licensing them. And when he loses all of his shirt on this thing called a theme park, we may be able to make enough money to keep us going. <laughs> I'm sure that it wasn't told to him exactly that way, but that's what they were thinking. So I'm told that Roy went in and talked to him about it. And, I, and Roy, uh, Walt Disney said, I will get back to you in a couple of days, and he did. And he said, tell them I'm going to bring back Jiminy Cricket and Tinkerbell for the park. Will that satisfy them? And evidently Roy said, yes. And that's why I came back to life. <laughs> and here we are, years and years later. Tinkerbell is, you know, a staple, an icon, the wonderful world of Disney, um, you know, movies. And now, I mean, every DVD you put in and even down to the Blu-ray discs now, everything magic and high definition. You have Tinkerbell swooping in. And then you even had the Return to Neverland that came out not too long ago. And now, Oh, the... I love that movie. Oh, I, I have a death dream. scene in that movie that I should have won the Academy Award for. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, nobody got behind me. No, I died so well. And then Jane, who brought me back, I thought I was wonderful in that. No, I, I, I do love that movie. And may I tell you, it sounds very sexist. But one of the reasons is, if you really watch it, it's Jane and Tinkerbell who saved the day. Peter is tied up to an anchor. And it doesn't break my heart, fella. <laughs> it's a definitely it was a very good um underrated film in terms of oh, you, know, my, yes. uh, you know the story and, and the plot and the feeling and even the musical score was definitely up there and up to par with many of the disney films absolutely and just absolutely overlooked. and somehow they didn't get behind it at the time and i'm surprised always surprised at the people who have not seen this film and we have a place it's the only place that you can go 
um, for a Disney event for free, if you can imagine, in the whole wide <laughs> world. And maybe you have heard of it. It's Walt Disney's barn over at Griffith Park, just outside Glendale and Burbank, California. And it has the the barn that was built, and it's a perfect replica of his barn from his home originally in Missouri. Um, and the same barn that they had in, help me out here, um, Song of the South, and what's the other one, Old Yeller. And there it sits with Mr. Disney's things inside. The, the table, the work table that he built himself the train that ran around the track in the backyard, tracks, uh, videos of it, uh, the place where he washed his hands, uh, the the telephone in it that you crank, uh, that Lillian would call him and say, dinner's ready, Walt, come up to the house. <laughs> it's all there, and the third Sundays between 11 and 3, it's open to the public. So why did I get started telling that? Oh, I'm so good at digressing. I'm getting you know what, better and better. Any, any, Walt, any Walt Disney story is definitely something that is worth <laughs> hearing. Just Aren't because you, sweet? you cannot forget the the person that created it. You know, there's a lot of this younger generation that think Walt Disney is a company, not a person. Well, that's the other thing, and I, I will jump over to another uh, problem that you mentioned. Now, the question is, why do little girls, let's say in... 1980, 1990, why did little girls love Tinkerbell? Because if you remember back in 1953 when the movie was made and put on the screen, in those days when a movie was made, put on the screen, and it left the screen, you know what? You never saw it again. There was no tape. There was no VCRs. There was no cable TV. That was it. So how did they love Tinkerbell? Well, one of the reasons, I believe, is because Walt Disney was so smart to use Tinkerbell each Sunday to take everybody on a special adventure. She would fly into his office after he had introduced it and have a little sort of a dialogue and then zip around. And she is so magic. The way Mark Davis designed her, she is so magic that even that little bit enamored the people towards her, and she was beguiling them, and they fell in love with her. Right, which, you know, now, uh, you know, being that staple, I mean, and having Pixie Hollow, and we hear rumors about them, you know, building a Pixie Hollow as part of Fantasyland, and now they have the new movies, Tinkerbell and Tinkerbell Lost Treasure, which is, you know, really pulling everything forward beyond. I mean, now you're using computer animation, you're moving your Tinkerbell character even farther, and getting more in-depth. Now, how did it feel when you first heard Tinkerbell was going to talk? Because that really, you know, that I, I was weary at first. I love the idea because, of course, if you've read the book, she talks in the book. Yes. Do you know what her opening line is? Now, remember, this was uh, book was written, what, in 1911? All right? So think back to that time. I don't mean to shock you, but her <laughs> opening line in the book is, you silly ass. <laughs> and what did, what did they think of an ass was then? Well, yeah, it definitely it didn't have the connotation it does now. That's right. But she talks all the way through the book, and we forget that. 
So how did so you it, feel when 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 they were like casting actresses and people like that? Did you have a actual uh, vision of a sound of what she would sound like when she was speaking? Well, I will tell you. There's a little story that goes with that. I was over there seeing what they were doing, and they were having a little bit of a problem making this movie because they were going to make two and three movies at the same time. Uh, because they would, could use a lot of the artwork and the movements, et cetera, et cetera, which made sense because they knew they were going to do four movies. And I, they, they say, oh, you've got to hear this. That wonderful actress who just passed away, they had Brittany Murphy doing the voice. Jonathan, it was so wrong. It was amazing how wrong it was. She, nobody asked her, and she was a very fine actress, Nobody asked her to try and be this little gammon, this little sprite, you know, use her voice as she's perfect. she was perfectly capable of doing. And she sounded like a 22-year-old girl in today's world. Yeah, and I, I just, I was just, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. And I talked to them a, a little bit about it. And, you know, how do you say, hey, fellas, you're wrong? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I said to them, I, you know, she sounds so old. This is a prequel. I mean, this is before she even meets Peter Pan. And she sounds like she's about 22 years old. And some eyebrows would go up because they agreed with me but couldn't say anything. The next thing I know, they have changed the whole storyboard. And I think that about that time... Um, John Lasseter came into the picture, or right around that time, and gave them some ideas. And so, it may have he may have been a little bit afterwards. I'm sorry, I can't really um, pin that down. But they changed the storyboard and they re-recorded all of the voices, the whole thing. And I loved it because they got Meg Whitman to do it, and she is delightful, just delightful. I couldn't be more pleased. Right, I mean, and she really captures it. Her voice isn't, it's not too, it's not too big, it's not too overpowering, yet at the same time it's very dainty, very pixie-ish, very, very naive almost. And yes, and of course need. she is. Tinkerbell is naive, and that's what gets her into all these problems, <laughs> <laughs> particularly when it's a prequel. Now, when it comes to when it comes to these movies, now you know the one thing I have to say I'm truly impressed with is you have a working knowledge of everything that has to do with Tinkerbell, which right there I have to say impresses me. You didn't just stop after the original Peter Pan. You know, Return to Neverland, Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell Lost Treasure. I do have to say that that is amazing, and and to me that shows that you truly love this character. Oh, I adore her. She's me. I I wouldn't be liking myself. I guess. <laughs> But uh, I still, to this, you know, to this day, well, here's what happened at D23. Now, you're a member of D23, right? Yes. Okay. We had a big party at Disneyland last, um, oh, I don't know, when was the date? The, the oh, 20th? gosh, 10th? yeah. I, I believe yeah, it, whatever I, it was. I believe it was the 10th or the 20th. Yes, they closed the park early, and a lot of us were invited to come and be part of the of the um, festivities, and we went over to uh, the castle, that part of it, and there was a little confusion 
because we had, oh, some wonderful people with us, but they were people that your regular audience wouldn't recognize their face because they were announcers or producers or they had things to do with Disneyland, you know, that, and we had no uh, place for people to say, oh, is that who it is? So anyway, here's Tinkerbell for you. I'm, I'm sitting in the VIP room because I'm waiting for somebody to tell me what to do, and they said, very sweetly, they were just darling, they said, Margaret, we would like for you to go out and, and mingle now, you know, and see what's going on. And I said, I'm supposed to mingle? There's no place for me to go where I can No, we just want you to mingle. I said, okay. So I went outside, and I walked down to a place where there were was a patio with out, uh, tables outside with chairs, and I walked up to two girls who were sitting at the patio, and I said, hello, I'm Margaret Carey. I'm the original reference model for Tinkerbell, and I have been asked to mingle. Would you like to mingle with me? <laughs> <laughs> they looked up and oh, you are, you're Margaret Carey. I said, yes, now I'm supposed to mingle. Can you mingle? Do you know how to mingle? And they were laughing, and people are coming over. I said, you can't be here unless I can mingle. Are you mingleless? <laughs> this went on for about 10 minutes. I had about 100 people in line, finally, when it finished up. But I, I asked them, each one of them, if they could mingle. And we, but that's Tinkerbell, isn't it? Definitely, bringing a, bringing a smile, making it fun, and yes. uh, making it memorable. That's the main thing, is you continue to make things memorable no matter what. Well, you see how close she is to me. And as somebody said, an executive over at Disney not very long ago, Margaret, do you realize that she is, Tinkerbell is recognized in Outer Mongolia? Wow. <laughs> I said, no, no, but it's, it's, it's right. I, I think that's a right thing to do. <laughs> I will stand up for her anytime. I think she is adorable. I think that she, one of the things with Tinkerbell, there are so many, what's the word, icons for people to follow, particularly young folk. And unfortunately, some of those young folk, uh, that they follow people and icons who are hmm, not of the highest quality of, of what your life should be, you know, they might be down and dirty. They might, whatever the right. icons that they follow. But Tinkerbell is always this little lady who's getting into trouble because she's naive. She can have a temper. That's okay. Uh, but you never see her in a situation where as a parent or a grandparent, you go, oh, I don't want to see that. Even in the new Tinkerbell and the Lost Treasures. They did the best thing that I can imagine, and it was this. Usually when you have, you have sort of something that you have to do in a movie where you have to put the heroine in jeopardy, or the hero for that matter, physical jeopardy, right? And then get them out because you keep the story going. So she's headed over this bridge to get to, to this island to find this, uh, um, to, to put this wand back together that she has to do. And here are these two huge trolls, huge, that are, uh, are barring her way. And I thought, oh, shoot. 
So how is she going to get out of this? Because they're going to try and beat her up or they're going to try to what? But they didn't, Jonathan. You know what they did? It turned out that the trolls were so funny that she had a conversation with them. And while they were busy laughing and talking to each other, she slipped by. I thought, yes, that's Tinkerbell. You can take anybody to see her pictures and come away feeling good about things. And that, to me, that's very important. I never have to apologize for her. Right. There's never any kind of scene where you see Tinkerbell like that. And, uh, you know, aside from Disney characters, there's other movie studios who have their characters where, you know, over the years, I'm like, how could they do that with their characters? They just lost yeah. a lot of respect. And, uh, you know, yes. I don't, I don't want to bash anybody, so I won't name any names. No, but, you know, no, at least but it's true. But, you know, with Tinkerbell and, you know, things like that, it's it's definitely true. I mean, she's continued to be brought forward with the current times, with the, you know, and, and she's modernized and still lovable, like I said, even to my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. But at the same time, um, you know, she's always something where you can watch it. And everybody can watch it. Everybody can enjoy it. You never have to say, yeah, except for that one time when, when I saw Tinkerbell yes. like this. Yes. And I will bet you, um, I was not there on story conferences, but I will bet you anything. There were some times when somebody said, um, Janine Rousseau was the uh, producer of the first two. I don't know whether she's producing this still. She may have gone on to other things, but... There were times when I know that she looked up and when they suggested this and she would say, oh, Tinkerbell wouldn't do that. Absolutely shocked. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't let her do that. And I love that because on television, really, uh, how many cartoons you don't want to watch, let alone let your kids watch. Oh, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, especially because... When a character becomes stagnant nowadays, the first thing they do is let's reinvent yes. them, let's reboot them, let's you know. It's like, yes. well, how about just changing to a better story? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Uh, some of it is so much potty humor. I think that's what they call it. <sighs> and they say, no, 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 no. Uh, please, you at least stand up. And the wonderful, wonderful. You see, I'm a believer that animation is the American art form. And I'm trying very, very hard to find someone who will go along with me, someone who has clout, to get a, a museum and resource center done for, for animation. You realize that the Motion Picture Academy, Television Academy, Cartoon Academy, there's radio, there is um, any, uh, uh, anything, but there is no animation academy where children can come and learn how to do tell uh, do cartooning themselves can can and the um the wonderful animators who have archival material can leave it to posterity uh i wish it could be in glendale california because of course disney and dreamworks are right here and we're the capital of of uh entertainment these two little towns but even then it's the American art form, and to do something to it that is dastardly, boy, I bet you haven't heard that word for a long time, is <laughs> <laughs> just not right. 
I, so I there, so I have too. spoke. <laughs> I, I believe so too that there needs to be something. I mean, I myself originally, um, you know, I have a major in animation as well. Um, you know, yes. I double majored it just because the same thing here. It was it was my dream to do animation, and you know, and it's an art form that I think tends to get overlooked nowadays, which is why the Princess and the Frog was so widely received. Because I think Disney forgot that people really want that hand drawn. They want that artistic feel. They Oh, you know, absolutely. They, it gives absolutely. it more character than a computer could ever give it. Well, I, I, I've always thought that it was very strange that our, um, it's called Los Angeles County Art Museum, does not have a gallery for animation art. They have all this weird modern art. <laughs> they have all the old stuff, which I adore. Don't misunderstand. But there should be a gallery for animation art. Oh, I will tell you a little sad piece. Um, when I was working at Disney's back in uh, 1951 and 52, I would go into the commissary, and there were people like Mark Davis and um, Ollie and, and Frank who had done some fine artwork, and it was framed, and it was sitting there, and you could buy their framed fine artwork for $20, and nobody wow. bought it. Nobody <laughs> bought it. You see, they didn't even think it was fine art. So right. that's the way it was It was treated for so long. And um, my great wish is that people wake up and, and know how wonderful and fantastic it is and what great artists these people are. Oh, definitely. You know, it truly is an art form that I I hope continues to flourish within the company. Now, uh, you know, we we I guess both of us tend to get off track here, you know, with our with our passions. But uh, to come full circle to Tinkerbell, you do have a book as well. Um, you know, because she is your mirror image, Tinkerbell talks tales of a pixie dusted life. I guess. Uh, right. What made you realize I I'm going to do a book? Well, somebody asked me to, and I thought, oh, that ought to be easy. I've, I've tried four times to start it. Now I'm, I'm finally finishing it up. Uh, but I just have too much fun. Uh, I just have a, a wonderful time zipping about here, like Tinkerbell. It, it's just, oh, okay, I am going off to, let's see, uh, Seattle in May to do a show up there and meet all the Disneyana people, the Disneyana clubs. I'm going to uh, do a convention for, let me get it right because it's a new name, it used to be the NFFC, it is now called the D Disneyana Club Fan Clubs, Inc., here in Anaheim, and then one back in Orlando in December, one here in, in July. Uh, then I'm headed off for Seattle, and I will go then to Michigan and do another show there. I'm doing one in August. It's all on my website, TinkerbellTalks.com. But when you're doing that, you know, the book sort of gets behind you, but it's so exciting to read about her. And I am bringing the whole thing around, Jonathan, because in my book, A, there will be a forum to tell people about the Disneyana uh, Fan Clubs, Inc., and how you can join it, and there are chapters all over the country, and then about D23, which people can join. And then I am going to put a letter to somebody who really loves animation to get for them to come forward and start an animation academy and resource center. So you see, it comes all the way around. 
<laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to the book. I mean, you know, one of those things. Like I said, am too. It's taken some time, but <laughs> it must have been fun to go back and think about and reminisce about things that, you know, may have slipped your mind. You know, you haven't thought about it in a couple of years. And looking back, it must be one of those fun things where you sit down and you're like, oh, wow, it really, it really was a, f- a fun life. Oh, it's been an absolutely super life because, you know, I started in show business when I was four in our gang comedies. I have uh, had my own show on television for five years. I did the Charlie Ruggles show at ABC Network for five years. I've worked in movies. I worked on the Andy Griffith show, The Lone Ranger. I did uh, 10 years here, uh, 12 years here on radio and KKLA Christian Talk Radio, which is the most listened to Christian Talk Radio station in the world. Um, I have done, I can't keep a job is the problem, you know? I just seem to go from here to there to the other. And Tinkerbell has, has just been my pixie dust, and I wanted everybody to know what a wonderful life it has been and still is, and how wonderful she is. And so that's why I'm writing it. But I start with my, I was adopted when I was three and a half. And I um, was put to work when I was four, which was fine. What did I know? I was trained, and I'm still going ahead. That was 76 years ago. And on top of that, uh, I found my family after 50 years. It was wonderful. I mean, I've had a pixie-dusted life. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like it just from, uh, you know, like you said, it's Tinkerbell has spread her magic throughout your entire life. No matter what Absolutely. you've touched, no matter what you've done, it's the one thing that is always there for you the one thing that's there for all of us like i said uh you know for me same thing it, it, you know tinkerbell has been there along with uh you know the entire disney family my entire life and uh you mm-hmm. know like i said it's my pleasure to just to absolutely talk with you and, and have this honor for our first show too none other than the disney icon of tinkerbell well, listen to this listen to this i have thought now and then just think i could have been the actress who stood in the shower in Psycho and had my throat cut. Now, just think of the kind of fans I would have then. But no, what I have are the fans of Disney. And they cannot be more wonderful. I just, they are thrilling to meet those, those people I met the other night at D23. Oh, just adorable people. And I just had the best time. So Walt Disney has sent me his pixie dust. I will tell you, if that sounds dumb for an 80-year-old woman to say it, then let it be dumb. <laughs> you know, all I can say is that, uh, you know, I envy you for that in terms of uh, just being able to, you know, be affiliated with, you know, the icon and, you know, coming down from generations to generations and it getting passed down from family to family and, you know, same for me, passing it down to my children and I'm sure Tinkerbell is still going to be here for, uh, you know, my daughter and my sons to pass it down to their family. Oh, I don't think she would leave. <laughs> I don't think you could get her to leave. She's having too much fun. Oh, definitely. So, you know, I guess... But I'm going to leave pretty soon. I can hear you doing a wrap-up, right? Oh, uh, well, if... You and know, that's fine. You're more than welcome I... to talk more. I'm a, I'm a gabber, so I'll just keep on talking no, all night. I just didn't want to. I wanted to make sure that I gave you... Um, my greeting at the end, so, and I will do it right now so that we won't forget it. But I do want to send faith and trust and a whole bunch of pixie dust your way and your listeners way, and I want to shower it on your new project. This is, this is very exciting. 
Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we can uh, bring that magic and and bring those memories from the animation side of the Disney Company. And uh, you know, I really hope we can do that. And you know, you being here for this first show, I think, is really really going to help that out. You know, I love listening to Disney radio shows, but I always feel there's a lack of them that are dedicated to the animation and the memories that we have in our living room every single day and week. Well, you see, that's my job to do that, and Tinkerbell told me, and so I'm on duty. <laughs> well, thank you once again, Margaret. It was our pleasure, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see you face-to-face at one of the events or one of the gatherings, and uh, we can catch up Absolutely. once again. Absolutely. And remember, believing is just the beginning. <laughs>
One full hour of the most exciting audio from your favorite Walt Disney World attractions. E-Ticket Time with your host, Sorcerer. Mondays at 1 p.m. and Saturdays at 6 p.m. all times Eastern. On your home for the best mix of Walt Disney World music, Sorcerer Radio. SRSounds.com John, you be the leader. I shall try to be worthy of my post. Hot! Hot! want to compromise the standards of quality he'd set for his motion pictures by having to churn out new material every week. But ironically, that was the trade-off he had to make in order to raise the financing for his theme park. The ABC television network bought a hefty interest in Disneyland in return for Walt's commitment to a weekly hour-long show called Disneyland that he himself would host. Up to this time, Walt had not been much of a public figure. He'd appeared in the occasional newsreel or promotional film did agree to go on camera for a couple of TV specials in the early 1950s. But it was this weekly series that made him a familiar figure to viewers young and old. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Now, if you enjoyed that, all of you D-heads, I want you to know that we have our full in-depth interview with Margaret Carey on the debut show of the Disney Blue Podcast, which is coming and debuting tomorrow exclusively on DisneyBlue.net and iTunes. So be sure to check the full in-depth interview of Margaret Carey stopping in for a long talk, speaking with myself on the debut show of the Disney Blue Podcast. Now, flipping through those stations and checking out even more magic today with Blu-ray releases, DVD releases, we had toys. Toy Story 1 and 2 hit Blu-ray and DVD this last week in preparation of Toy Story 3. And I'll get to that just a little bit later as well. But let's also talk about today. What can you go to the store and pick up today if you are a Disney fanatic, if you are a Disney freak? Well, you can pick up the new remastered un-anniversary edition of Disney's animated classic, Alice in Wonderland. Yep, in perfect timing with the current Alice in Wonderland that is in theaters doing so well and slated for Blu-ray release very soon. 
This new to DVD is coming to you. Yes, I did say DVD. Sad to say, it's not going to be on Blu-ray. It is going to only be on DVD. But with that, it is full of some great additions to this new Unanniversary Edition. And some of those goodies that they are going to have is a nice new clean transfer to DVD, giving it a fully restored look. And they're also going to have a variety of bonus features, including a brand new deleted scene. Pig and Pepper, a rare look at a scene considered for Walt Disney's 1939 version. They have the all-new Reflections on Alice featurette, and it took Disney a variety of years to bring this classic to life, and now they are going to uncover that in this exclusive brand new featurette on the new DVD release. They have the Virtual Wonderland Party interactive game, an Alice comedy, Alice's Wonderland, and From Wonderland to Neverland. And those last three were on the previous edition of Alice in Wonderland on DVD. So definitely check out, head out to your stores, pick it up, the unanniversary edition of Walt Disney's animated classic, Alice in Wonderland, currently in stores on Amazon. You can pick it up right now. And with keeping with Alice in Wonderland and Disney's Alice in Wonderland is in theaters, as moviegoers have been adding to the pot for the last three weeks, passing the 200 million mark easily. And if you haven't had your fill of Tim Burton and the Disney team teaming up together after all those years, it is rumored that Burton's favorite writer, Linda Wolverton, who is also the person who penned the Alice in Wonderland currently in theaters, is slated to write the script for the upcoming Maleficent film. Now, the official Maleficent film URL was bought a variety of months ago. I uncovered that a variety of months ago from Disney, and I was hoping that it would actually happen and come to fruition. And it has. And right now, we are wondering if this is going to bring Burton to direct this upcoming film. Now, this is going to be a fantastic film uncovering Maleficent, I am hoping. Not just a retelling of Sleeping Beauty. But I do have to say, and some people might not agree with me, I think Burton is the right person for this. I think he's the best person to bring Maleficent, my favorite character, to life. Yes, Maleficent is my favorite Disney villain right behind the Horned King. So, you know, Burton, he is the person to do it, and I think he would definitely do a great job if he is brought on to direct Maleficent the film. So with that, why don't we follow the White Rabbit down the hall for some tunes for all of you D-heads and a wonderful cover from the classic Disney animated film and re-recorded for the all-new Almost Alice CD. Here is some very good advice. I give myself very good advice, but I very seldom follow it. Could explain the trouble that I'm always in. Is very good advice, but the waiting makes me curious. And I'd love to change should something strange begin. Well, I went along my merry way, and I never stopped to reason. There'd be a price to pay Someday I give myself very good advice But I very seldom follow it Will I ever learn to do the things I
Listening to Sorcerer Radio as a VIP member of Live 365 is you can listen with no commercial interruptions. Hey, maybe you should try it. You can listen to Sorcerer Radio with the highest quality sound. There's more ways to listen straight from your PC, Mac, or mobile device. And best of all, you get to support Sorcerer Radio. Well, let me give it a try. Want to listen to Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all day long? There's an app for that. Become a VIP Live 365 member starting at $5.95 a month. Okay, here we go. For more details, log on to srsounds.com and click Listen Now to start your five-day free trial today. Oh, yeller, oh, yeller, oh, yeller. Here, yeller, come back, yeller. Yes, dog on dog in the west. Old yeller was a mongrel, an ugly lop-eared mongrel. Fancy free without a family tree. <laughs> but he could up and do it and prove there's nothing to it. And that's how a good dog should be. Here, yeller, come back, yeller. Best dog on dog in the West. Best dog on dog in the West. Old Yeller was a hunter, a rare and terran hunter. In any chase, he knew just how to run. <laughs> and when he hunted trouble, he always found it double. And that's when Old Yeller had fun. Here, Yeller, come back, Yeller. Best dog on dog in the West. Best dog on dog in the Yeller was a fighter, a rootin' tootin' fighter. In any scrap he knew just what to do. A rough and ready feller, although his coat was yeller, his bold Texas heart was true blue. Demand. Open up your eyes, take a look at me. If the picture fits in your memory, I've been dreaming by the rhythm like the beat of a heart. And I won't stop until I start to stand out. Stand out.
and take a look at me instead of just walking by. There's nothing that I wouldn't do if it was getting you to notice. I'm Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all day long. SRSounds.com. Ah, uh, boy, oh boy, who could forget Old Yeller and, of course, Fess Parker, who has recently passed away. Now, I had the pleasure of speaking with Fess Parker a number of times and actually tasting and trying his wine. Now, it was absolutely delightful. Now, although many of you remember him as the one and only Davy Crockett, we can never forget his performance in Old Yeller. I mean, actually, Old Yeller is a name that I love, and I tried to even name my yellow lab Old Yeller, but ultimately got vetoed by the missus on that one. But uh, we still have a Disney name. Her name is officially Lady, so at least we still have a Disney dog in the family. Although I think Old Yeller is still more fitting. Now, let's push right along, and currently in Disney movie news, and Pirates of the Caribbean 4 on Stranger Tides. Now, that film is set to shoot this summer in Hawaii, and Johnny Depp is reprising his role as Captain Jack Sparrow. Penelope Cruz is slated to join the team, and best news of all, Ian McShane is going to play Blackbeard. Yes, you heard me right. He is the perfect person for this, and we even have Jeffrey Rush returning as Barbosa. Now, Jerry Bruckheimer has also confirmed that Cruz's character is going to be the daughter of Blackbeard in this sequel's villain set to be played by Ian McShane, as I just stated, and he described it as the nastiest pirate ever. And Cruz is going to be the love interest of none other than Johnny Depp. And he also confirmed that the return of Jack's friend, and enemy Barbosa is gonna return as well so we definitely want to check that one out when it does hit theaters I personally am stoked for it the first two I thought happened a little too close together but now there's been a number of years some time to calm down and a new pirate movie should be in the works I'm excited for this one now also slated to hit the theaters this summer is Toy Story 3 one of the most anticipated animated sequels in the last couple of years now this film itself the marketing media frenzy has been crazy as the boys are back in town and in 3d now I'm not sure if you are gonna need 3d for this film I mean seriously it's Toy Story. It's going to be awesome. And from what we've heard so far as a couple of different private screenings, it has brought people to tears. Yes, it has brought actors and stars to tears. They shed a tear from the emotional story, and that is key to have a solid, perfect story for Toy Story. So with that, I have high hopes for Toy Story 3 that is coming out in theaters. And also coming out in theaters this year is Tron Legacy, one of the most anticipated Disney sequel franchises I'd say probably in the last two decades. And Tron Legacy seems, I mean, it's getting more and more hype continuously. If you're listening to all the Disney Park news here on SR Sounds, you know already that they have the Toronto Rail at the Disney Parks and a variety of different things. Now, the 20th anniversary Tron DVD has already been shelved, sad to say. So if you were lucky enough to pick this one up, 
definitely enjoy it, but I'm sure it's going to resurface in the upcoming months as it gets closer to Tron Legacy getting re-released. But if you do want to hear the Tron movie, if you want to listen to it, if you want to refresh your memory about the original classic, you can listen to that on our DisneyBlue.net homepage as well. So, you know, Tron is just something that I'm waiting for. Being a computer geek, being, you know, somebody that loves all the high-tech information and having Tron being so cutting-edge back in the day, it's definitely a film that I want to check out. I kind of feel like a friend that has to go see this film, you know? They have a friend in me. you got a friend in me you got a friend in me When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed you just remember what your past said Boy, you got a friend in me Yeah, you've got a friend in me you got a friend in me you got a friend in me you got trouble And I got them too there isn't anything I wouldn't do for you We stick together, see it through Cause you've got a friend in me you got a friend in me Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am Big and stronger too Maybe, but none of them will ever love you the way I do it's me and you, boy And as the years go by A friendship will never die You're gonna see it's our destiny You got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got a friend in me Gentlemen, enchanté. A tip of the hat from Dr. Vassilier. How y'all doing? Tarot readings, charms, potions, dreams made real. Ashitanza. Were I a betting man and I'm not, I stay away from games of chance. I'd wager I'm in the company of visiting royalty. Lawrence, Lawrence. This remarkable gentleman has just read my poem. Or this morning's newspaper. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be lost. On Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. Don't give a hoot, stand up me, Artie's 
Filch and sax, stand up me, Hardy's yo-ho Moron and embezzle and even hijack, stand up me, Hardy's yo-ho Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Al John. And we're hosts of the Tiki Room Morning Show on Sorcerer Radio. Tune in every single Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern for music, park hours, park news, hot Disney news. Did you say hot Disney news? Hot Disney news. <laughs> Sweet. And your voicemails, emails, and requests. Get up and Adam with the Tiki Room Morning Show. Who's Adam? I don't know. Wake up with the Tiki Room Morning Show. Under new management, live only on Sorcerer Radio. SRSounds.com. Good morning, Professor. What are you doing today? I'll try one more experiment, then I've got to have it made. I'll activate the rheostat 2000 centigrade. I'll integrate component H, accelerate the phase. Now it's time to throw the switch 10 million gamma rays. 2 million? 4, 6, 8. Who do we appreciate? What is it? Yes, what is it? Why, it's Flubber. Flubber? It's a dream on world. Uh-huh. Flubber. Flubber. We'll get you out of this world. It's the greatest. The greatest. It's a boon oh, to man. If nothing else will do it. Ah, <laughs> Flubber can. Flubber makes you fly. Flubber makes you flip. Flubber makes you feel like a human rocket ship. Flubber makes you leap and bounce and more. It gives you a lift ah, like you've never had before. Ah! I found it. La, la, la. It's a dream unfurled. Flubber. Flubber. We'll get you out of this world. It's the greatest. Ooh. It's a boon oh, to man. If nothing else will do it. Oh, Flubber can. It wasn't easy. It's a boon 
nothing else will do it. Flubber can. Disney's Peter Pan is a classic family animated movie that is well known by many. It was originally released by Disney in 1953 and is based on J.M. Barrie's play called Peter Pan or The Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up. The classic tale, set in early 1900s England, is about a flying magical boy, Peter Pan, that not only can't grow up, but also doesn't want to. He and his fellow lost boys live on the magical island called Neverland that is also inhabited by natives and pirates. Peter Pan brings three ordinary children from London to Neverland with the help of Peter's trusted fairy companion, Tinkerbell. These children, Wendy, Michael, and John, are like Peter Pan. They just want to have adventures and not grow up. On Neverland, the children experience an adventure that any child would love to have, from flying through the clouds in London, dealing with Indians, to battles with the pirates, led by the famous Captain Hook and his first mate, Mr. Smee. The theme of the movie deals with children wanting to have adventures and not wanting to grow up and take on responsibilities. Wendy is on the brink of becoming a young woman, but is resistant to growing up, as she still wants to stay with her younger brothers in the nursery and have adventures and tell stories. The theme can apply for everyone who wants to stay young, but still needs to maintain the balance between childhood and adulthood. This is one of our family's favorite films. It's a fun movie to watch with children because of the story and the music. It brings out the inner child in everybody. For who doesn't want to have adventures and, and have fun and not grow up? Our kids love Peter Pan, and Captain Hook for my daughter is the ultimate. She loves to dress up just like him. The film has several famous songs, such as The Second Star to the Right and You Can Fly, You Can Fly. They love to listen and sing along to these songs, as well as others from the film. The movie appeals to children of all ages. It's a well-worn movie in our house because they watch the DVD over and over again. This Disney film is recommended by us for all families' DVD libraries. My son would give it two thumbs up, but my daughter would give it one thumb and one hookup. Arr. Now, there are parts that may be a little scary for small children, such as when Peter Pan and Captain Hook battle it out at the end of the movie. The movie is 77 minutes long, and the last time that Disney released this on DVD was in 2007 with their two-disc platinum edition. You can find it on Amazon, both with used copies starting at $12.99 and new ones starting about $27.99. You can also find it on Half.com from different sellers for new editions at around $13. Some fun facts about the movie. When Walt Disney was a child, he played Peter Pan in a school play. Second, this was the first time that the character Tinkerbell had a form. In previous stage productions, she was always represented by a spot of light. These Disney characters are so famous and popular that they can be found throughout the various Disney parks. And Tinkerbell is seen flying during their evening fireworks show. Thank you very much. This is Rachel from Mouse Travel Tips Podcast.
All right, all of you D-heads out there, I'll make this debut very simple, very short, and to the point. I'm just getting my feet wet here at srsounds.com, so I do want to give them my big thanks on letting Disney Blue have Disney On Demand with myself hosting this once a week. I am excited to bring you a lot more things that we're going to have. We're going to have contests, more celebrities, a full listing of upcoming DVD and Blu-ray releases, and a lot more things that are going to be scattered on down into a format that you will know and love. But I wanted to keep this first one just fun, a little more organic, and let you get to know myself, my style and Disney On Demand. So I want to thank you for that. So this show will continue to evolve, and I want it to evolve with the help of you, all the SR Sounds listeners. I want you to email me, instant message me, Skype me, or even make a phone call using our magical mouse voicemail system, and that number is on our homepage as well. Definitely give us your feedback. Where do you want this to go? Because we want this show to be for you, to keep you in the loop with all of your favorite Disney movie memories. There's a lot more to come from this, but I wanted to keep it short, keep it real for all of you, and definitely keep all the Disney movies alive with Disney On Demand. So with that, I'm going to leave you with, if you love Disney movies, and if you love Disney On Demand, definitely check out our page at srsounds.com, and you can also find us on disneyblue.net, that's B-L-U, where you can check out the all-new Disney Blue podcast, which is debuting tomorrow, and you can even play our world-famous movie player. So until next week, I'm going to leave you with a rare variety of Disney movie tracks that some of you may know, some of you may not, but you're going to love this mega mix of throwback to Disney cinema. And until next week, I'm going to leave you with faith, trust, and pixie dust and continue to listen to srsounds.com where it's all Disney music all the time, all day long. With stories to share All through the forest They sing out in chorus Marching along as their song fills the air Gummy bears Bouncing here and there and everywhere High adventure that's beyond compare They are the gummy bears Magic and mystery are part of their history Along with the secret of gummy berry juice their legend is growing, they take pride in knowing They'll fight for what's right in whatever they do Gummy bears, bouncing here and there and everywhere High adventure that's beyond compare They are the gummy bears They are the gummy bears
up, boys, and saddle up well, and listen to the story that we have to tell. Yippee-yay, yippee-yay, yippee-o. Spin is a cowboy, yes siree. Yippee-yay, yippee-o. The best ever seen by you or me. Yippee-yay, yippee-o. When he jumps in the saddle, what a sight to see. The pony's tail's where his head should be. Yippee-yay, yippee-yay, yippee-o. Marty sure was a pain in the neck. Yippee-yay, yippee-o, a bus he nearly made a wreck. Yippee-yay, yippee-o. No telling what he might have been. But he sure swell now, cause he's just like spin. Yippee-yay, yippee-yay, yippee-o. down to the swimming hole. Yippee-yay, yippee-o. We take along a fishing pole. Yippee-yay, yippee-o. If the fish won't bite and the weather's hot, the last one in is a you-know-what. Yippee-yay, yippee-yay, yippee-o. We're gonna have a rodeo. Yippee-yay, yippee-o. Grab hold that horn and let her go. Yippee-yay, yippee-o. So rope and throw and tie. Disney On Demand. 